right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It is February 1st, 2023. As always, we are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Uh, subscribe if you have not. And of course, we've got the post-game wrap-up show exclusive for our Locals members. You can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. I cannot believe it is February 1st. Is this, is time just going faster? Am I just getting old? 46 years old, middle-aged, things just start speeding up. Is it something about having kids? I don't know what it is, but the days seem to be getting shorter. The months are flying by. Like, it really is just nuts. I think it has something to do with COVID. Maybe people working at home more. Science just getting faster and faster and faster and faster. But on this show, we pack it in. A lot of information, and we're going to have a dense program for you today. Uh, before we get to it, though, I, I do have to apologize for something because, you know, yesterday... Uh, I called Kathy Hochul, and of course, Kathy is the uh, the governor of New York. She was appointed governor after Andrew Cuomo stepped down, and then she locked down the state and forced people to be injected and fired uh, doctors and nurses for not being vaccinated and all that stuff. But then she did get reelected, and you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, she won by five points. She is the gov governor of New York. And yesterday, we were doing a little uh, bit on her. We showed some video, and uh, when we came back from the video, a phrase was in my mind, and I had to say it. I, I knew it was probably going to get us demonetized, or I was going to uh, get some hate for it, but I called her the Botoxed bitch. And uh, then we thought about it after the show, and, and some of you, there she is, there she is, the, the Botox bitch, that's what I called her. And, uh, you know, some people were upset about that. And I do want to actually issue an apology. We're, we're in a time where people issue apologies. And I want to apologize to all bitches. I, I want to apologize to female dogs because there are so many great female dogs out there. This is our old dog, Emma. You guys may remember Emma. She was a wonderful dog. That, that picture on the right over there, that's Emma when we adopted her. She was a rescue from Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. She was about a year or a year and a half old at that point. Uh, that picture top left was, uh, she had about a year left. She was about 15 years old in LA. Uh, at that picture at the bottom there with the two dogs, that is Emma just a month or so before she passed away at the ripe old age of 16. We reconnected her with one of her three puppies from New Orleans uh, because I had tweeted a picture about her before she uh, passed away when we knew she was sick. And it turned out that her son, Bernard, the brown guy over there, who he was an old timer too, he was like 14 at that point, uh, he lived in LA too. And we got them together after not seeing each other for about 14 years. And I follow Bernard's owner on Instagram right now. Bernard is 18, he's still alive. And then that picture of her looking like a little rocket ship jumping off the deck there, that was like two days before we had to put her down. You know, she was on steroids and we were trying to do everything we can and probably held on a little bit too long, which is one of the toughest things you do in life is when you have to say goodbye to a pet. And she was like jazzed up on steroids and she flew like a little, look at that. She looks like a little bomb just flying off the deck like that. So I really do want to apologize to all female dogs. I want to apologize to anyone who owns a female dog, uh, anyone who, you know, just has a love for the, the canine. I apologize, I should not have compared 
a female dog who, and these, these animals are so loved. Actually, Daphne just got a dog two days ago. Francesca is the newest member of the Rubin Report family. What is she? She's like a pug, a French bulldog. She's a bitch. And in no way, in no way, is a bitch technically you have to be the mother to be the bitch? Like if you're born and you're immediately a female dog, are you a bitch right off the bat? Or you're a bitch later in life, bitch. The point is, I, I don't want to compare these wonderful animals who've brought so much joy to so many of us to Kathy Hochul. So I apologize to all the dogs out there. Thank you for not canceling me. Let's do a show. Okay, so the, the big thing happening in the last day or so, we're going to shift a little bit from what we've been doing, is that the, uh, this Trump-DeSantis fight seems to be a Bruin. And as I've been saying for months, well, first off, I do not know. I live in Florida. I'm fairly well connected. I know a bunch of people. I have no idea if Ron DeSantis is running for president. I, I genuinely have no idea. No one on the inside has given me any inkling whatsoever. You know my whole Florida crew of people that I bring on the show all the time. Nobody has any information that anyone has passed to me. But the way the whole thing seems to be shaped and seems to be going, the direction of the river seems to be that DeSantis will run. And, it, and Trump clearly has announced already over two months ago at this point, which is nuts, that he is running for president. Uh, and you can see, as I've been saying for months, that what the media wants more than anything else is these two guys to destroy each other. If you're just a member of the media, so you're a Democrat activist, because that's what you are, basically. If you're a CNN anchor, you know, journalist, if you're someone at the New York Times, Washington Post, if you're part of the machine in any way, uh, you're part of that elite machine, what would you want? Well, you don't want Trump, obviously, right? Trump was orange Hitler, and now you've got DeSantis, who they're just going to make into, as I keep saying, Hitler with a calculator, right? Like, because he's competent. So at least for them, Trump was somewhat incompetent, but now they're going to make DeSantis seem even worse because he's getting so many things done, and we're going to get into a whole bunch of those things in just a bit. So what would you want more than anything else? You would want these guys to destroy each other. Now, let me say that I think political fighting between candidates, sometimes it can really sharpen the candidates and make them better. Let's not forget that when Barack Obama was running the first time, uh, there was another candidate, a lady that some of you may have heard of named Hillary Clinton, who was the presumptive nominee. And uh, they were extremely split and it got pretty nasty. And Hillary did a whole bunch of nasty things. She's known to do some nasty things. Don't kill me, Hillary. Um, so, but it probably made Obama a better candidate. Now, unfortunately, his presidency didn't turn all, out all that great, and I regret voting for him, and I should be judged accordingly. Um, but nobody's perfect, okay. But the point is, having some level of a fight is good. Uh, however, when you have a fight on the Democrat side, the machine is operating the entire time to make sure nobody's too wounded because that's who they want to get through, right? So the machine didn't want to demolish Hillary, and it didn't want to demolish Obama because it wants Democrats in power. Democrats are for bigger government. Democrats are for taking more of your money. They're for more of the superstructure to control your life. So that's what the machine wants. In a case of the Republicans, well, we know what the machine feels about Trump, even though Trump is the number one guy to get the machine clicks and views and everything else. But they've made their feelings about him very clear. And we had a couple sham impeachments and this nonsensical January 6th and the raid at Mar-a-Lago and all of these ridiculous things and the lawsuits in New York, all of the stuff that turns into nothing, right? Now you've got this guy, DeSantis, who's doing literally everything right in Florida, and the proof is in the pudding because he just won uh, by 20 points, which is the most uh, Floridian governor has ever won by, and, and this place is absolutely flourishing. As I mentioned yesterday, 2.5% unemployment, remarkably low. We're rebuilding 
bridges and roads and houses super fast. We're getting 1,200 new uh, Floridians every single day, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't have to look at all the policies and be like, is this a good policy or a bad policy? At the end of the day, you can just look at, well, where people are going. Where do they go? Where do they go to move? Where do they go to vacation? Where do they go to spend their money? Et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so what does this all lead us to? What it leads us to is there is a fight brewing. The media is going to push it. And what I think we have to focus on is, it's probably two things. One is not giving the media exactly what it wants. Not going after, regardless of what side you're on of this. Obviously, uh, I'm a big DeSantis guy. I like Trump a lot too. I like him personally. I like his kids. I voted for the guy. There's certainly a situation which I'm gonna vote for him again. Absolutely all of those things. But we don't wanna fall for the traps when they're trying to make sure that they destroy each other. Because the last thing you want, because particularly DeSantis, I would be such a good candidate, you don't want him irreparably wounded by the time you get to the, to the general election, right? So the other part of that is you don't wanna fall for the media traps, but also what you wanna do is make room for the people that might vote Republican for the first time. And there's a whole bunch of these people, right? You could even look at someone like me who finally, for the first time in my life, as a Floridian, I'm now a registered Republican. Okay, there's plenty of people in that disaffected liberal space. And Ron DeSantis happens to be liked by those people. Elon Musk, right? He was loved by the left his whole life. Now he's thought of as far right, said he would support DeSantis. And even Bill Maher, and I'm not gonna do too much Maher stuff here, I promise. Um, but you may remember this from a couple months ago, Bill Maher uh, defending Governor DeSantis and basically saying that he should run for president. I mean, I understand what you're saying about DeSantis. The reason why I think DeSantis is so strong is because he can do both things. He can do the performance art that seems to have you so exercised to the base, most of which I don't really know if it's that damaging. He picks a fight with Disney. Does it really affect anybody? I mean, I read the Don't Say Gay, which is not the name of the law. They called it the Don't Say Gay law. It could have been called the let's do things in schools the way we did five years ago law. It really could have. So what I'm saying is he can do both that, but he, yes, he, he knows how to rile up the base. I agree, he's a politician. But he also can be a normal governor. In other words, after the storm, he can stand with President Biden like a normal governor does and work with him and then send some migrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> you know, and that's a very powerful thing to have both those elements. He will definitely beat Trump again. Would he beat DeSantis? That I don't know. And it's going to look weird because he will be like literally twice as old as him. And just, no really, and DeSantis has like three little kids. You know, that always plays well in America. America likes new, it really likes strange. We want some strange, you know. Right? You, you said DeSantis shouldn't run. DeSantis should run now and quickly. This is the problem Chris Christie. Right, he could have run right. in 2011, 2012. You, sometimes in politics you have one chance. Okay, I don't wanna bludgeon you with the is Bill Maher gonna vote Republican thing. That's not why I, sh I showed you that. I am going to continue to work on you, Bill, for in case you're watching the show today and I saw you a couple days ago and I told you I'm gonna keep working on you. But I don't wanna make this about Bill. What I wanna make this about is the sliver of people in America who can move when it comes to voting for president because we know the hardcore Dems won't move, the hardcore Republicans won't move. It's how it is, it's, that, it's the independents, it's the moderates, and it's the disaffected liberals who are breaking. It is the sane liberals, and there used to be sane liberals, who might actually change. And I think all of them, in essence, 
would vote for DeSantis and they wouldn't vote for Trump. That that's just, I think that's just an obvious fact. We sort of know how high Trump can get. If, if we're to believe that the last election was legit, right? Biden got 81 million votes, which sounds insane because he didn't even campaign and there were no rallies and nobody really loved him and the base hated him because he wasn't lefty enough. But okay, again, if we're supposed to believe this, any of this makes sense, Biden got 81 million votes, Trump got 75. How does Trump get more? Who, who are the new people that Trump could bring in? There's probably a whole bunch of people that Trump has lost, right? Because he's not as seasoned at the moment. I think it's it's it feel it doesn't feel like it has the same energy. The world seems to have moved on a little bit. Some of that is unjust, by the way, by them kicking him off uh, Twitter and and blaming him for January sixth and all of those things. So that's not, again, that's not even an attack on Trump. I think this is just a reality. I think the other problem that Trump has is that by Trump voting, uh, by Trump running you're gonna get probably, I don't know, it could be five or seven or nine million people who normally wouldn't even vote to just vote because they're voting anti-Trump. So these are just realities that if the Trump campaign is watching this, I think you should address these realities. Like how do you negotiate through these things? But the other part of that is there is going to be this, this sliver of people that will, will never vote for Trump. So it's not the other part, it's a, it's a continuation of that, right? Here is Bill Maher, who just was there. You just watched him from a few months ago, basically saying DeSantis should run. I also got him on the Club Random podcast to say he would move to Florida if they go for lockdowns again in Cali. Uh, you might remember this, this was at the middle of the Trump presidency, which I think most of us would go back to if we could just go back to 2019, before COVID, economy chugging, peace deals in the Middle East just rolling in every day. Uh, it felt like like things were good again. There was a pride in America again. But look what the liberals were saying about Trump. And this isn't necessarily a reflection on Trump. I'm trying to show you the mindset of these people. And you're going to remember this clip. This is Bill Maher in 2019. I guess they're just going to have to keep touching this hot stuff. I'm not wishing for a recession, but if, it, yeah, if the farmers want to keep touching well, the hot stuff. Well, you should wish for a recession because that will definitely you get him really, unelected. Okay, but Bill, you don't really want a recession. I really do. You're gonna knock we have survived people. many recessions. Okay. We can't survive knock, another Donald knock, Trump term. lower middle income people out of work. I do. Get him at the ballot box in the intellectual marketplace of okay. ideas. So, you don't want to knock those people out of work. But to Tom's point, the tariff... I don't want to. tariff is actually we, paid we by... We have to make short-term pain. Remember, everybody... Be yes, long-term right. Destruction you have a constitution. Thank you. Okay, so I have no doubt you're watching that clip and you probably saw that clip and you're going, oh, Mar just said a bunch of sane stuff in the previous clip and now here's the crazy stuff, right? That is crazy to want a recession because you want to get rid of the guy. The guy who is doing clearly a far better job uh, than the guy that's in office right now, but the guy in office right now happens to be your guy. He's a blue Democrat, Biden, when who, who in essence has, has wrecked so much of what Trump had restored to America. So again, this isn't about Mar. I'm trying to show you that there is a certain amount of people that feel that way, whether you think it's legit or not. I don't think it's legit, but they do feel that way. I meet them all the time. Uh, you meet them all the time. We know these people. So anyway, the, the 2024 situation is heating up uh, and Nikki Haley uh, it is now being sort of pre-announced that she is going to make an announcement. Uh, Trump was asked, I think this is from yesterday, Trump was asked about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Here's what he had to say. Nikki Haley called me the other day to talk to me. I talked to her for a little while, but I said, look, you know, go by your heart if you want to run. She's publicly stated I would never run against 
My president, he was a great president. Florida was actually closed for a very long period of time. Remember, he closed the beaches and everything else. You know, it's, uh, they're trying to rewrite history. Okay, so some of this is just political jockeying. It is true that Nikki Haley said she wasn't gonna run against Trump. She did actually say that at one point, uh, but it sounds like she is gonna uh, run. So he is ever, he's entitled to say that, but he's been trying. One of the things that you're seeing over the last 48 hours or so is, is the Trump and the Trump surrogates are really trying to make it seem like somehow uh, DeSantis was really for lockdowns and, and really for masks and all of this stuff. And it's like DeSantis actually picked up on it very quickly and was trying to open up extremely quickly. So when Trump says that about the beaches and everything else, he might be forgetting Donald Trump from about two years ago. As many schools and school districts are closing across the country, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has not ruled out uh, closing or opening out schools in May, um, saying that many kids uh, are not vulnerable to this disease. Do you agree with that assessment? And do you believe that schools, would you recommend that schools um, open up uh, and to those states that have well, I have a lot of confidence in Ron DeSantis, a lot of faith in Ron DeSantis to make the right decision. He's doing a great job as governor. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I, I had read where he's thinking about opening up the schools earlier than the date, the end of the month. Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers. But again, you know, I like to. So again, if you're a Trump person and you're watching this, right, the guy that I voted for, I just think this is a losing strategy. DeSantis has become the, the figurehead for fighting COVID. We are, we are having this policy now. He has this group of people, including, including Brett Weinstein and Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, where we are gonna look into vaccine injuries. Like we've done more here in Florida on the, to stop the COVID madness than anywhere else. Also, everybody gets a little leash in the first two months of COVID, including Donald Trump. By the way, I also give Donald Trump a lot of credit because Donald Trump from the beginning did not want to do a federal top-down policy on COVID. He was pushing it all to the states. But then, and nobody's perfect, when states started opening up, Trump did actually push back. You may remember this. This is in April of 2020 uh, from Reuters. U.S. President Donald Trump on Wednesday said he strongly disagrees with Georgia's aggressive push to reopen its economy in the midst of the novel coronavirus pandemic, saying it's just too soon to lift some restrictions. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican and Trump ally, is allowing businesses such as beauty salons, tattoo parlors, and bowling alleys to reopen as soon as Friday. Trump said Georgia is not adhering to federal guidelines for states to restart their economies. Okay, so I'm just trying to give you a little context because what do I always do on this show? We try to go to old clips so we don't rewrite history constantly because if you're rewriting history constantly, you will not get to a future that is sane because the half-truths that are inherent to rewriting something will lead you to something crazy. So if you're the Trump people, I just don't think going after DeSantis on COVID is gonna make sense at any level and I would try another move, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, DeSantis did yesterday respond to some of these attacks from Trump. Has criticized you uh, a number of times in the past couple of days uh, on a number of different issues, some of them being COVID in the state. Uh, I just well, look, what I would just say is this. Um, I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. 
And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. We won by the largest raw vote margin, over 1.5 million votes, than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so what I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida. I have to say one nice thing that DeSantis does, he obviously does a lot of, a lot of good things, but one nice thing in his manner of speaking is, you notice how he always says, we, we won. He, he doesn't say I that often. And I think that's just, I think that's interesting. I, my guess is it's probably not too tactical. Like I think it's something that's just coming at him roughly naturally. But when you say we won, meaning it's, it's the people that work for you, it's the campaign, but it's we the people who are winning here in Florida, right? The proof is in the pudding. We free Floridians are winning. Uh, because this guy turned what was a purple state. It was half red, half blue. It was flipping this way, going that way. We almost had a meth addict, this governor before him, all that stuff. Uh, it is basically the reddest state in the nation right now, and all of the stuff is working. And we're going to list out a whole bunch of that stuff right now because a lot of it is more right-wing than Trump. So one of the things that DeSantis is doing is he's calling out public health experts over the George Floyd protest versus COVID protests and all of the woke lunacy. You guys know it, but amazingly, we have video. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Florida is where woke goes to die. So don't bring any of that crap in this room, okay, guys? We're not going to tolerate any of that here because it dies here. Uh, the messaging is right, and it's not just the messaging. It's not just giving a speech saying woke goes to die here. It's killing woke every time it appears here, and it really is working, and it's causing the mainstream media to go bananas. And then he doesn't respond. DeSantis doesn't respond to the mainstream media, and that makes them even crazier. Uh, you may remember, what was it, a New York Times headline, what, about two weeks ago, where they said, you know, Donald Trump used to fight with the media, but DeSantis is worse because he ignores the media. Oh my God, he ignores the media. Uh, I did a slight uh, misstep on the clips here. Here's the clip now of DeSantis talking about public health experts, uh, what they were saying during lockdowns and George Floyd uh, versus afterwards. They would shame people for even leaving their house in April, May, 2020, 
and you can't do it. And so, you know, some people wanted to bury loved ones. They wanted to do this. And the, the argument people were making is, well, wait a minute. I can look at the risk of COVID, and it's something that I've, I'm willing to accept because these things mean more to me, to be able to bury a loved one or to be able to do things with my family. And, and the public health uh, establishment, oh, no, no, you can't make that kind of cost-benefit analysis. Then when the George Floyd riots were happening, they actually wrote a letter with thousands of these people signing it saying, we do not believe that rioting and protesting is, a, is uh, bad for COVID, that you can do it, go ahead, because we think it's so important that you have to do it. And then they said, but this doesn't mean we support all protests. If you're protesting lockdown policies or other things, then you can't do that. And that's when I knew these people are a bunch of frauds. I mean, how ridiculous. What's interesting is the last line there, the last two lines, that that's when I knew these people were frauds because everyone, as I always say, everyone gets a leash. I give Donald Trump a leash. I would even give Anthony Fauci a little bit of a leash. The beginning of COVID, maybe not Fauci, but pretty much everybody, all the governors, the politicians who were just hit by this news and, and then had to respond accordingly and they're being told it's gonna wipe out all of your population and everything else. So is it true that DeSantis locked down for a bit? Of course it is. But then as more information came and as he saw the hypocrisy of the way they said, no, 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 you can go out there and protest for George Floyd, you're not gonna get COVID. I mean, this was in essence, what they, there were literally articles being written how it's, it's for public safety if you're out there because you're stopping racism. So COVID can kind of be pushed to the side. We've played many videos of LA's mayor, Eric Garcetti saying nonsense like that and Lori Lightfoot, that Beetlejuice woman, in Chicago, like crazy, crazy people that were masking everywhere, but somehow they could bow to protesters without wearing masks. I mean, really just crazy stuff. So the point is, as information came in, he did the right thing. By the way, he's not the only one, right? Christine Ohm up in uh, South Dakota did the right thing. In Texas, they started doing the right thing. In Tennessee, they started doing the right thing. Montana, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the point is everyone gets a little bit of a leash for the beginning. So I don't, I just don't, it doesn't strike me that the COVID thing to attack DeSantis over COVID just does not strike me as a winning ticket for Trump. Uh, the other thing that DeSantis has done incredibly well is we, we went through two years of burning down cities. We went through two years of virtually every single mainstream Democrat as cities were burning, saying that they had to defund the police and that they wanted to defund the police and we shouldn't be sending police to domestic squabbles. We should be sending social workers and all of the crazy stuff. And DeSantis said no. Enforcement, thinking that you can solve some of these problems through uh, things like social services instead of police on the street when you have dangerous people. So there's been some experiments done and, and I think it's been really disastrous in far too many parts of the country. Uh, but what have we done in the state of Florida? You never saw us defund police in the state of Florida. Not on my watch, not gonna happen. Not only did you never see them defund police in the state of Florida, uh, but Miami is now the safest big city in the United States, despite the fact that we have Miami Beach here where tons and tons of college kids and people from all over the country come to to party all night long. I mean, there are people out on the streets all night and it's still, and every now and again, you're gonna see one of those, one of those crazy brawls with a bunch of drunk people leaving a club. But despite all of that, we are the safest big city in the United States. And, that, and then that culture, I mean, think about it. We have this unbelievably biblical, basically category five hurricane wipe out 
Southwest Florida. I've been down there. It's, it's unimaginable, the destruction still, and they're cleaning up fast, but it is, it is unbelievable. No looting. Nobody ran into a Best Buy to steal a 65-inch television. Nobody uh, burned down the already knocked down Pep Boys. No one was stealing stuff. It just was not happening because what happens is when you do the right thing and when leadership is right and your education systems are right, then when, when the shit hits the fan, people don't lose their minds. But if you tell people the system is evil, the system is racist, police are evil, uh, damaging property is not violence, et cetera, et cetera, then when there's a hurricane or a riot or whatever it might be, people will do all of the worst things. And that's why it happens in all of the blue cities and it did not happen here at all, rather extraordinary. The other thing that uh, DeSantis did incredibly well over the last year, obviously, is that he gave the rights of parents when it comes to education back to the parents. The school and the educators and the superintendents, or as they call them in, uh, in The Simpsons, Super Nintendo Chalmers, uh, they do not own your children, you own your children, and nobody should want state educators talking about sex or gender privately with six-year-olds. We all know it to be true. The media decided to call it Don't Say Gay. They lied about absolutely everything, and DeSantis just wasn't having it. Uh, here's a great moment of him destroying a reporter by the name of Evan Donovan on what actually is known as Bill HB 1557, which also, by the way, has now been in place here in Florida for months. Have they come for the gays, guys? I, I've been busy at work, I haven't seen. Have they been coming for the gays? No, anyone know if they've been coming for the gays? Or Okay, so clip. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're gonna make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. Simple truth, what's in the bill, and then the journalists don't even know what to do, and that's why they are so angry at him. And we're gonna to get to, in a, in a few minutes, some of how the media is distorting some of the things that he's done, but I, was, I just wanted to show you fact after fact after fact so far. What is actually happening here? And guess what? It basically is all good, guys. It really is. Uh, he's engaging in the culture wars by using the law against woke ideology, and that's what people want. You know, for those of us that are, are relatively limited government guys, right? And he was part of the Freedom Caucus. That's, you know, that's in essence the most libertarian caucus that there is in Congress, right? He was part of this with Jim Jordan and a bunch of other guys. Uh, I think Thomas Massey, a few, a few other guys. Um, it's not that he's running around wanting to use the power of the state. He's constantly cutting taxes here, right? We have a, just in the last couple of days, I mean, they're cutting taxes on gas stoves. Like they're doing all sorts of stuff here. It's not that he wants to use the power of the state, but when the culture keeps encroaching on your family and on education, on your kids and all those things, then he uses the power of the state and he's using it quite effectively. Another way that he's using it effectively, you guys know about this, a couple of weeks ago, he announced that there will be a COVID-19 panel 
formed right here in Florida. I was actually at the announcement a couple weeks ago in Palm Beach. It's gonna include obviously our Surgeon General, Joseph Latipo, who's absolutely fantastic. It's gonna include uh, Stanford Professor Jay Bhattacharya. It's gonna include Brett Weinstein and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, and here he is announcing that and, and people are into this because something is going on with these vaccine injuries. Crisis, and so it's not like this is something that's unprecedented. So today, uh, I'm announcing uh, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, that will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. That's how you lead. I mean, we're all feeling something right now. I wanna say something about the vaccines uh, that I was thinking about this morning. You know, look, I I'm not vaccinated. David's not vaccinated. My guys and gals in this room are not vaccinated. Uh, but I have plenty of loved ones who are vaccinated. Um, you don't want anyone to be sick. You don't want to find out that anyone uh, has a heart condition or whatever it might be. Uh, and people had all sorts of awful pressures applied to them, whether they were going to lose their job or they weren't going to be able to visit a loved one or they wanted to leave the country for, what, for whatever reason it might be. They guilted people. They, they bludgeoned people into doing this thing. And as I always talk about, nobody ever gets fired in the government. Nobody gets fired for any of these things. You can be Anthony Fauci or Joe Biden and say that you will not get or transmit COVID if you get vaccinated and nobody gets fired. Why wasn't Michelle Walensky, who was on TV, the head of the CDC, every day uh, why, on all the news shows, why wasn't she fired for saying that the COVID vaccine works? Somebody should be fired. Fire the janitor at the building. Somebody should pay the price, but nobody ever does. So DeSantis is saying, okay, that's how the system works. We're gonna uh, have our grand jury here. We're gonna start looking into all of this stuff. The buck stops with me. And that's a beautiful thing. I think this is another one, uh, another reason why it's gonna be difficult for Trump to go after DeSantis on COVID because Trump, even in the last week, has repeated the same line that he saved 100 million lives by Operation Warp Speed because it got vaccines into people's arms quicker. And it's like the base hates that, man. Don't you know that? You need to know that your base hates vaccines. They certainly hate mandates, but they hate the vaccines too. And the whole idea that you cut the red tape, which generally speaking, people on the right are for, right? You don't want a lot of regulation because you want innovation. Okay, fine. But if you're gonna run on DeSantis screwed up COVID, which clearly isn't true, meaning policies related to lockdowns and things of that nature. And then you're also gonna run on that it was you who got the vaccines out quicker and now it turns out that the vaccines aren't working and are actually damaging people's health. You got a big problem there. And I think he has a couple other problems when it comes to the base. D uh, Trump also really supported Kevin McCarthy. I happen to like Kevin McCarthy and I think this battle that they went through is good and McCarthy's showing balls. The base does not seem to like Kevin McCarthy. I think it's on Kevin McCarthy now to prove that Trump made the wise move. I think that actually could work out in his benefit, but that's something. And I think the other thing is what we talked about yesterday, that Ronna McDaniel is now the head of the R uh, RNC again, which the base hates her, right? She's an establishment Republican, a niece of Mitt Romney. Trump was for her. So he has these disconnects with his base. He, he'll have to figure it out. Like, and, you, and also you have to appeal to more people than your base. DeSantis was for Harmeet Dillon, Harmeet who I had on the show, who's an absolutely spectacular First Amendment lawyer and 
And I think it would have been a much better direction for the Republicans, but is what it is. But back to COVID for just a second. Uh, you may have seen this video, it was going viral. This is really wild. Uh, it's from the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. And there is a host on the network, I had never heard of her before this. Her name is Yasmin Vizagoian. And she apparently was not on air for a couple weeks and then came back two days ago to explain why she hasn't been on air. And this is just incredible. I know from my Twitter feed uh, that many of you have wondered why I have been off the air for a little while. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Um, it was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, my body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next day, on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains, both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean, could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I wanna remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga, I don't eat meat, I don't smoke. I drink occasionally, not right now though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. They determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now, the heart muscle. Okay, first off, I, I wish her well. I don't know who she is. I, I don't wish her ill. Uh, she, is, she is twice vaxxed and there she is having this, uh, this admission of what's been going on with her, why she wasn't on air. Okay, that's fine. Um, she is claiming that her doctor is telling her that she got myocarditis and the uh, lining of the heart that's now having issues, that she got that through the common cold. Have any of you ever heard of this before COVID? That people who had a common cold suddenly had these heart issues? No, you have not. I have not, it did not exist. She is twice vaxxed. We do know that especially with young men who are vaxxed, the rates of myocarditis are up something like 78% and all sorts of heart problems. And you've seen all the videos of people just dropping dead on soccer fields and walking down the street and all this weird stuff. So I cannot speak precisely to her medical condition, but does that not strike you as the perfect level of propaganda for MSNBC, which is absolutely 100% a propaganda network, that this woman who got twice vaxxed does not link this to the vaccines, it somehow is because of the common cold. Because if she was to say, you know what, my doctor actually said that this has something to do with the vaccines, or that's the only X factor in the equation here. I got vaxxed twice, we do know that it's causing myocarditis, I now have myocarditis, it's very weird, I'm very healthy, I run seven miles, all of those things. Um, that would show, it would expose the obvious fraud of everything that goes on at MSNBC and the New York Times and CNN and everything else. So I thought that that was worth 
just just sitting with that one because I think you're going to hear more and more of this. We're going to hear more and more stories of people who have myocarditis or other heart issues. We're going to hear more and more stories of otherwise healthy people who are suddenly sick or suddenly getting you know weird dormant diseases like shingles or whatever it might be. It's very bizarre. Uh, and they will not be blaming it on the vax because then they'd really have to take that mirror and look and go, man, what did I do to myself? What did I do to my family? It's, a, it's unbelievably horrific. We all know people that are vaxxed. It's unbelievably horrific, is what it is. But let's get back to the point of this. And the point of this is that we cannot let anyone, whether it's the media or Trump or anyone else, rewrite history, right? Because battles are on the way. And I want Trump and DeSantis to, to settle this thing if, if this is the direction where it's going, where they're both gonna be running. Um, but the proof is in the pudding, again, of what's going on right here in Florida. So DeSantis didn't just talk about how we were gonna get woke out of the schools. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, he's done a whole bunch on that. And uh, anti-woke education reforms are coming to the free state of Florida. We wanna make sure that everybody that goes through a Florida university uh, has to take certain core course uh, requirements that's really focused on giving them the foundation so that they can think for themselves. And the core curriculum must be grounded in actual history, the actual philosophy that has shaped Western civilization. Um, our institutions will be graduating students, I think, with degrees that are going to be meaningful. We don't want students to go through at taxpayer expense and graduate with a degree in zombie studies. And so this is gonna make a difference. All DEI and CRT bureaucracies in the state of Florida, no funding, and that will wither on the vine. And I think that that's very important because it really serves as an ideological filter, a political filter. You've seen different things. I mean, New College has really embraced that, and that's part of the reason I think it hasn't been successful and the enrollment's down so much, uh, because I think people want to see uh, true academics and they want to get rid of some of the uh, political window dressing that seems to accompany all this. So that's no longer going to be uh, in the state of Florida. And the most important, uh, we brought accountability for tenured faculty. Now, all tenured faculty at our state universities must undergo review every five years and can be let go if they are not performing text. So the, the beauty of that clip is he's not just saying he's gonna do these things, he's actually doing it. You know, New College, which is on the west coast of Florida, became one of the wokest schools in the nation. It was going the road of all the Ivy League schools. It was going the road of Evergreen State where Brett Weinstein was. Um, and they went in, and now I'm gonna show you a video of Chris Rufo in a moment. You know Chris Rufo, he's been on the show many times from the Manhattan Institute. He's been one of the great intellectual leaders of the anti-woke campaign. Uh, he is now gonna be on the board at that school. And they are bringing in people who are going to get rid of DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, and get rid of all the woke stuff. And this is, and all it's gonna do to get us to that first clip from Bill Maher is revert us back to where, where we thought we were five years ago. Maybe we weren't quite there that none of this nonsense existed. Obviously some of it did, but nobody wants, nobody's sane, except for, and it's just the woke crazy lefties that want this and their media allies want literally the people in charge of college admissions to be like, okay, we have all these people here. They have roughly the same grades. Let's get the black guy. Let's get the trans girl. Let's get the one with the limp and the lazy eye. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants that except the new neo-racist 
of the Democrat Party, of the left and of the machine. Uh, so Chris Rufo, who I just mentioned, he is working with Governor DeSantis on this. He is not a Floridian, but he is helping Florida because he will go to where his work can uh, can be fertilized, basically, or where his his work is the fertilizer for a growing freedom uh, country. We are our own country here, basically. Here's Rufo right after DeSantis. Uh, this is a day or two uh, talking about how they're getting woke out of not only of New College in Florida, but the entire system here. The bureaucrats feel like they run the show. They feel like they're in charge. They feel like they're the authorities. And just by exposing what they're doing, they feel like the, the public is intruding. That's not how it's supposed to work. These are public institutions supported by taxpayers, and they're governed by the legislature. Uh, they're governed by the public officials. And so what I think is really important here, you have an ide ideology of diversity versus an ideology of equality, treating people equally. We can have that philosophical debate, and we should, because most people, once they understand what's happening, would oppose this DEI ideology. But the deeper context and the deeper importance of this initiative, it's reestablishing public control and public authority over the public universities. Um, and so look, you can have two different kinds of people. You can have rule by the bureaucracy or rule by the people. And in many states, they've opted for the former. But in Florida, with this bold initiative, the governor and the legislators are saying, no, no, no. We see the problem. We're understanding the problem. We're going to reestablish the rule of the people over our institutions. Man, I got to tell you, Florida, basically, if America is going to continue as a nation, and I suppose there is an if there, uh, Florida's 30 years in the future. This is the blueprint. This is the model. Get rid of this stuff. Just don't complain about it and let it take down your institutions and take down your families and have your sons think their daughters and everything else. Go for it. Destroy it. We're doing it right here. So how does the media treat this? When all they're trying to do is get us back to equality, get us back to not looking at everybody by their race or their gender or their sexuality, right? Treat everyone equally and as DeSantis said, give them the skills. Imagine going to college where you would learn the skills of how to be a functional person, where you would learn an honest assessment of history, where you might learn some basic economics. The tools then to go out into the world as a 21 year old, let's say, and have some basic knowledge of how to function in, in society. Wouldn't that be good rather than learning lesbian badminton? It probably would. But listen to how the mainstream media uh, treats Florida and Governor, De Governor DeSantis as he's going ahead and doing these things. Here is Don Lamont from CNN. Layla, thank you. This is, thank you. Poppy, this is bizarre. What? I know. What I we, know. What are we doing here? I mean, this, I feel like we're going back. I feel like I'm watching a bad version of like Pleasantville where you're I, I don't get what's happening. It feels like the 1950s all over again with like book banning. This is this yeah. is cancel culture from people who are I guess they just want our kids to be ignorant and to control the teachers. It is. I, this is outrageous. I, I, I don't, I really don't even know how to explain what's going on here. It's just ridiculous. Don Lemon is a complete and utter buffoon, moron, propagandist liar. He either has no idea what he's talking about, in which case he should be fired, and that's not cancel culture. You are, you should be fired when you are completely incompetent at what you do, right? If you dig holes for pools, and you can't do that right, you should be fired. If you, whatever it is that you do, if you don't do it well, you should be fired. That's not cancel culture. So he either has no idea what he's talking about or he is a complete 
liar and, and propagandist. The book that he's referring to is a book called Gender Queer, which was going into elementary schools. We're talking about second and third grade. It was literally showing body parts and talking to kids about how to give hand jobs. So if you think that should be in schools, then you should be hanging out with Don Lemon. Uh, that is what they were banning. Nobody thinks it should be there. And no one's banning the books as if the books can't be published, but they should not be in public schools. We all know that. But that's why they never mention the title of the book or the content of the book. He just tries to make it like it's hysteria and this is book burning as if it's 1934 Nazi Germany. It's completely insane. But Don Lemon is completely insane. He is a woke leftist who has been completely broke. And once you are completely broke through woke, you make everything about race. Here he is talking to New York City Mayor Eric Adams uh, about the death of Tyree Nichols. Now, Tyree Nichols is the black man who by every estimation was just unjustly killed by five black police officers. They were all black. There were no whiteies involved in this thing, no honkies, okay? Uh, but of course, when five black officers kill a black man, it has to be, of course, racism. Here's Don Lemon. Okay, well, let me ask you, the Chief C.J. Davis, when in my interview with her, she said that all the officers being black, it takes race off the table. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, I think that I understand what uh, the chief was saying, and I think she uh, really handled this situation in a very professional way. She moved swiftly. She ensured that those officers were removed from the department. She took all the necessary steps. Uh, but I think uh, race is still on the table. Uh, when a culture of policing historically has treated uh, those from different groups differently, uh, even when the individuals are from that same group, that culture can still exist. And we have to zero in on it, being honest about it, and making sure that we properly train police for the realities of the cities that they are policing. Do you realize how crazy this is? Uh, there you have Eric Adams, who happens to be black, and Don Lemon, who happens to be black. I don't care that either one of them are black. I really don't. Um, and I generally don't care about the color of police officers, or and I don't care about the color of the perpetrators. If you break the law, if you're threatening people, all those things, it has to be dealt with. Now, this is this by again every estimation is a completely unjust killing. What they did was horrible. But if you think that five black police officers were acting with racism in their heart as they, as they killed this black guy, then, then racism has no meaning whatsoever. Black people are the biggest anti-black racist. Like what are we actually saying here? But this was the danger of the woke. And this is why you must get woke out of schools because once it has permeated all of the institutions, once you have taught a generation of young people to think everything is about gender and race and those immutable characteristics, you can get them to believe any crazy bullshit that you want. Cue Whoopi Goldberg in The View. But, you know, when will the brutality finally lead to some police reform from the ground up? Because clearly, it doesn't matter if it's a white policeman or a black policeman. It is a problem in the police and the policing yes. itself. You know, seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm -hmm. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a you know, what a racist I am. I'm not suggesting it. I just said it but I'm not suggesting it. That would be a completely other thing than by me saying it the way I just said it.
That wouldn't be a suggestion. That was just a sentence. Now, first off, this incident uh, was in Memphis, by the way. And again, it was five black officers. But because they have combined the idea of policing to race, they have to convince you that the black officers who killed the black man did it in the name of white supremacy. It is complete nonsense. But now to link that story to everything else that I've done here today, they continued on the view to blame the death of Tyree Nichols. Yes, I mean, this is so just bananas. They did tie it to Ron DeSantis's education reform. And remember, this happened in Memphis. It was all black guys who killed a black guy. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, but watch the magic trick. And what we saw in this case is that good cops come in any gender, any class, any color. And bad cops can be of any gender and any color. And these cops were blue before they were black. This is why we cannot ban history. This is why. Tell your this man. is why. Tell your guy. We need to learn. Tell from, him. You know, this is why in the midst of all of this happening, banning AP African American studies in Florida is the wrong thing to do because we need to learn from history. Clearly. It doesn't matter if it's a white policeman or a black policeman. It is a problem in the police and the policing yes. itself. You know, seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm -hmm. But how many times do we have to do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a you know, what a racist I am. I'm just asking, is that is that what people have to see in order to wake up and realize this affects us all? Okay, so we had to show you the whoopee thing again. You know what's so interesting? If you listen to what Eric Adams said in the previous clip, he, he's very impressed with the way they're dealing with all of this stuff. So that, that sort of puts Whoopi's point down right there. It's like, they're, they're, no one's defending the, there's literally nobody out there. I, I, I have not seen one person, I kid you not, not one person on crazy Twitter defending what the police officers did here. But again, this jump, to it's about racism, and then to link that to DeSantis and the, and the banning of this AP African-American history course, the course was going to teach gender queer theory in connection, right? Because they love intersectionality. They love the idea of taking all of these perceived oppressions and then combining them into one super Voltron-like uh, uh, oppression. And no, AP African-American history. You, now we could have an argument about wh whether that should be a course in the first place, whether we should just have American history. And of course we should teach an honest assessment of slavery and the civil rights movement and everything else. Uh, but it had nothing to do with that. That is not why Ron DeSantis banned it. He banned it because they were putting gender queer theory in there. They, they were putting this insane sexualization of everything in there. They were tagging it and combining it with reparations and a whole bunch more. It was not an education course. It was an indoctrination course. Uh, but they tie somehow this police murder uh, in Memphis to the governor of Florida. And of course they have to keep going because they know who the threat is and the threat to their hysterical, I would argue racist worldview uh, well, it used to be De it used to be Trump, but now it's DeSantis, so we got to combine those guys too.
some of these other Republican candidates give Trump people an off-ramp. They can actually leave the chaos, and mm -hmm. they still don't take it. Like, because well, we he, don't, he represents we don't, all the other beliefs that they say well, are he, part of the Here's belief. the thing to keep in mind. Ron DeSantis is now running a state where he decides what can be taught yeah. in schools or not. So, you know, the off-ramp is like, I'm not sure it's an off-ramp. Mm. Well, it really well, has to do... Evils, do you, I'm not Donald sure. Trump well, now because you got a lot of racism going on and a little bit of insanity. I mean, God-fearing... On which one? But Both that's of the thing. You I have to say, I, I really have sympathy to some degree to, to the average woman who is raising two kids um, who's at home cleaning the house and has that show on in the background. And then they are a completely brainwashed NPC. They watch that show and they hear, what's her name? Anna Navarro talk about how Ron DeSantis is banning AP African-American history. They give no context to it. They don't mention the gender queer thing. So the average woman watching that show, who maybe is sort, somewhat apolitical, she watches that and she goes, well, Ron DeSantis must be sort of racist because he's banning African-American studies. Then Whoopi continues with that. And then she watches all that stuff and she hears it and she thinks it's fact. They don't explain anything or that Ron DeSantis is deciding what books you can read. You know what? Actually, California is banning books. They're banning books like Huck Finn because of the N-word. Uh, Huck Finn, which is an incredible novel that everyone, that every kid should read. Every, every eighth grader probably should read Huck Finn. Um, so they're the ones actually rewriting history. Um, but, but by the way, to say that he decides what can be taught, well, someone has to decide what's taught in schools. And I would much rather leave that honestly to Ron DeSantis than to Whoopi Goldberg or Gavin Newsom or anything else. But to go back to the, to the woman watching this show, if you want to know why so much is screwed up in our country at the national level right now. So the, the view, which is on right now, thank God you're watching this instead of the view. Um, there's a certain amount of people that watch it. It's, it's basically, I think it's still the number one show in daytime. So you have all these women. It's mostly middle, it's, you know, it's sort of youngish to middle-aged women with families watching this. Their husbands are at working, out working. They're at home watching this show and they hear all this propaganda and they're told that Ron DeSantis hates black people and Republicans only care about money and Democrats care about people and all of that factory setting nonsense. Then their husband comes home and the husband probably went to work. The husband's probably not thrilled to pay a ton in taxes, blah, blah, blah. And you know what happens? The, the wife starts saying these things and maybe the husband knows a little more of the reality. Well, actually, um, and this obviously is not the most perfect one size fits all metaphor for everybody, but I think this is a huge chunk of people. So you have these women that have sort of become hysterical related to all of this stuff because of pure propaganda. They flip between watching The View and the lies of The View and then they turn on CNN and Don Lemon saying this is 1950s America again and this nonsense. And then the husband comes home and he worked all day and he just wants a little peace in the house. And you know what he might want at the end of the day? Can I say blowjob? I think guys are still allowed to want blowjobs. He might want a blowjob. So he might not want to fight with her and show her and show her actually it's not true. It's not true what they're saying about Ron DeSantis. And an AP African-American studies course should have nothing to do with uh, queer theory. But you know what? At the end of the day, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it and she votes that way and then he probably has to hide which way he votes because he wants a blowjob. And you can't blame him for wanting a blowjob, quite frankly. Let's continue. <laughs> How do I segue out of this one? Let's see what I can do here. Um, speaking of blowjobs, um, Republicans, speaking of, ah, this isn't going to be good. It's tacky. It's tacky. Let's just do a, let's just do a reset here. Let's just wash our hands of blowjobs and move on. Uh, it does turn out that there's no way I can do it. There's no way I can do it. 
look, Nikki Haley's running for president, okay? And I, I apologize to Nikki for that, that transition there. It just, it, I just got out of control. There was nothing I could do. It's a live show, you know what I mean? Nikki Haley is gonna run for president. Uh, we've got some info from Fox News on that. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who served as ambassador to the United Nations during former President Donald Trump's administration, will join Trump in the race for 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Multiple sources confirmed to Fox News Digital that Haley will formally declare her candidacy for the White House at an event in Charleston, South Carolina on February 15th, with an invitation soon going out to her supporters. News of Haley's announcement was first reported by the Post and Courier newspaper in South Carolina. Now, the reason that I'm mentioning that, of course, Trump referenced it up top when he was talking about Nikki Haley potentially running, and then he had that little shot at DeSantis. The reason I'm reiterating this is that I think it is good to have more voices. I think the fighting is good. I think some degree of the, of the Trump-DeSantis thing could be good for both of them. Right, like, like if it ends up being Trump, maybe going through DeSantis, if he ends up running, will have sharpened the way he's gonna do policy. And for DeSantis, maybe having to get through Trump will sharpen the way he debates or how he fights back or something like that. Nikki Haley, I happen to like her. It seems like the, the base base doesn't love her, but the base is sort of all over the place right now. The base is anti-vaccine and Trump is for vaccines. So like there, there's a huge amount of swirling craziness right now. But I think more voices in this right now could be really, really great. The Democrats have become a hysterical monolith that everyone must fall in line with, right? The Republicans have a great opportunity to, to maybe not all destroy each other. Wouldn't that be something? If there's 10 people up there, if you've got Trump and DeSantis and Nikki Haley, and maybe you get Tim Scott and who knows, Ted Cruz or Rand Paul or a couple other guys, you get a, a big businessman, something else. You get this whole crop of people and they get up there and maybe they don't go for mutually assured destruction. And they go, man, we got a much bigger enemy. I think my vision's the best, but we're not gonna all destroy each other. I think the, the real challenge on that will be left up to Trump. He will have to decide what he wants to do on the destruction phase, and, and we shall see. We shall see. So that's my feelings about all that. I hope you will stick around for the Locals post-game show, which you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, oh, and I can confirm that as of uh, like a minute before the show, I got a text from our guy who handles our back-end stuff, and he has told me that January, it's not that January is just our best month ever. It like, we I think we doubled by like 64% from our previous best month ever. Like everything's working, it's blowing up, it's all good. Uh, head on over to Locals right now. We leave you with uh, what I'm told is very accurate uh, video from the Paul Pelosi arrest. I'm told this is completely unedited and this is exactly what happened. And I'll see you on the other side. He's going to In God we must. Sir, please get out of the vehicle. You have a great night. Sir? Huh? Please get out of the vehicle. Get out. You know what? Absolutely. And thank you for doing your job. I appreciate it. Also, thank you for releasing me upon my own recognizance. Sir, have you been drinking? Yes, I have. I've had five or six small batch bourbons. That's a lot. I'm going to have to ask you to take a breathalyzer test. Mm-hmm. Got a runner! Stop running!
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.